Hey there, everyone, and welcome to the next episode of the Water Trio Astrology Podcast. We are going to bring you some insights for the transition week, the week starting October 28th, which will take us through the end of October and into the start of November already. Can you gals believe it? Mm-mm. Only one month of Jupiter and Sag to go. I know. <laughs> and then, like, on social media, people keep babbling on about, like, it's the last three months of the decade, and I'm like... Don't we already have enough pressure just trying to get to the end of the year? <laughs> now you're trying to make it about the end of a decade. I mean, it is, but still. It's I a think lot. that might say a bit more about our age, though. You know, we've lived through enough decades now that the end of a decade isn't a thing anymore. <laughs> it's like anymore. our lives. <laughs> we survived yeah, we Y2K. Through 90- yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. That's like a cultural thing, isn't it, for like our generation and the generations either side of us. Like, did you live yeah. through Y2K? Oh, my gosh. When all the computers were going to die because they didn't know how to recognise the 2000s. Yes. And, like, the planes might come out of the air or, oh, my God. And that was even before, like, there were mobile phones for most of us. Like, I know mobile phones existed in 99, 2000, but... I don't know. Not Did like I, today. Not like today. Not like we're 10 year old have them. Not surgically attached to, into our hands, ourselves. <laughs> yes. <laughs> microchip um, them into our being. Into our being. That's that's next, mm. I'm sure. So mm. we also need to let all of our lovely listeners know, lo, know, especially if you're in Australia or you're in Queensland, more importantly, that this is the last week to sign up at the early bird rate for our retreat, which is happening in January. So you had a really beautiful response to that. So we're so excited to be able to spend the day with everyone in January together looking at 2020. So if you want to join us, there will be a link in the show notes below. Uh, So with that little uh, message from our sponsor out of the way, (laughs) we can get on to the astrology of this week. And it's a big week. I mean, it's the spooky week of the year with the, I mean, Halloween is a bit certainly like a modern version of something, but it is connected to the old pagan celebration of of Samhain. And there's a lot of energy about, you know, the Day of the Dead. Even in the Catholic faith, they co-opted that with All Saints Day at the start of November. So there is that energy, I guess, and that's totally Scorpio season, isn't it? Um, So, yeah, what astro are you gals excited about for this week? Well, it's a big week for me because it's my solar return week. So that's exciting for me. Happy birthday. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, I think I'm kicking it off, aren't I, with the sun... Uranus opposition, which which is all kind of tied up in that new moon. But we did speak about that new moon last episode. So if anyone does want to catch up on the new moon in Scorpio, refer back to last week's episode. But yeah, you know what? I was thinking about this sun Uranus opposition. And do you remember that movie back from way when called The Abyss, a James Cameron movie? It it rings a bell. Yeah, it was all about like deep diving down into the depths to try to bring this submarine up that was, or some sunken ship that had a nuclear warhead. And then they got to the bottom and they found aliens. And it was kind of like this whole, it's just this weird kind of Scorpio dig into the depths and find something totally unexpected. It's like, you know, what's down there? It's not really what you think is going to be be down there, but it was this friendly alien race that just wanted to help and promote love into the world. So yeah, I just thought that was very (laughs) sun in school. Like when you said aliens, I'm like, I'm sorry, that would not be my movie. But then you said friendly aliens. I'm like, well, I could probably find out about friendly aliens. (laughs) 
<laughs> this is like James Cameron. This is like Titanic director. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's no, quite I'm a big movie at the Titanic, time. I'm very Titanic, so I've heard about James Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> but I like that leash, that going down to the abyss, but not knowing what you like thinking you're going to look for one thing or that you'll find this yep. thing and then just being surprised by what's actually there. Yeah. And I won't go into the whole plot because there's this whole thing about thinking they were going down there to actually die, but they were doing it on behalf of the human race to stop this missile from exploding and then the kind aliens actually helped them and brought them back up to the surface without decompression sickness, which is quite a major thing. So it was just that kind of sense of, you know, digging into the depths of ourselves and perhaps, you know, being the opposition, this is potentially about looking, well, what's opposite you, which is often your partner or somebody that Mm -hmm. you're in relation with and having that unexpected event come up or unexpected conversation. You know, maybe it's digging deep together to work out what needs to happen. What do I need to know about myself from you? And maybe it's something that's surprising that comes back. It could be surprising good, or it could be surprising. I don't know if I really want to accept that about myself. So finding ways to take that on board and seeing whether or not that's your reality or their reality and where those two things meet. Um, But yeah, it is a chance to really have that deep dive, which is what all of this Scorpio season's about really, isn't it? What about you gals? What do you think about this aspect? Well, I'm a bit croaky this morning. Sorry. I uh, clearly have not had enough chocolate. Um, Sun Uranus, I always think is fun for self-discovery, even at like a psychological, who am I? What are the weird things about myself that I should know, but that I don't? You know, sometimes we do try to deny our quirkiness to fit in or to be accepted. And I think a Sun Uranus aspect is a great kind of invitation from the cosmos to sort of celebrate the parts of you that may not be sort of conventional or aren't straighty 180. You know, just wear something that you want to wear because it makes you feel good. Don't worry so much about other people's opinions or acceptance, if you like. So there is something about authenticity and breaking patterns or breaking habits that can be limiting. And so I think with pattern breaking with Uranus, there's a liberation or a freeing quality that actually gets you closer to being authentic. Uh, but yeah, and, and I just love the like the restlessness of Sun Uranus, which is like, oh, I just I can't do this anymore and I'm just going to try something different. And then that something different just comes from this really core, real, raw part of you. And it's so good that you finally get it out. Uh, yeah. What about you, Cass, though? Do you have any thoughts on this one? Yeah, I have a few. I mean, I'm the owner of a Sun Uranus aspect. So um, I do really find that, you know, this, at least in the sky, this is one that only happens once a year. The Sun opposing Uranus is an annual transit. So, you know, it might be this period where you realize there's a few rules that need to be broken, or perhaps where you are, you know, doing something because you feel you should do it, but really you don't want to be doing it. Um, and, you know, I think it's a little bit of a proverbial middle finger as well as Sun Uranus aspect because, you know, I think in our younger years when we're dealing with Sun Uranus, it can feel a little bit like rebellion or re- rebel without a cause. But this aspect kind of happening, you know, with, the, you know, so much Scorpio involved, it might be taking that deeper look in, you know, why am I doing these things and why am I creating these patterns and or, or habits or repetitive situations in in my life and the opposition might kind of bring that stretching or that 
I'm going to look at things from a different perspective and work out how I can break things or shake things up or or liberate myself from things that have been uh, enclosing me. Um, I really do love a good Uranus transit. I'm not going to lie because it can really break you out of just a rut, which fixed signs can can uh, fall, find themselves in uh, without even kind of really knowing um, because they're just in that, that you know, repetitive cycle because it's safe for them, right? So if you get a little bit of a restlessness feeling here under this uh, transit and then you can just sort of, you know, break free of something um, and that might be a, you know, a little bit of a tremor on the Richter scale or it could be a massive earthquake depending on where you're at. Love it. Yeah. And it's great that it's happening with the new moon because it's like you can really, fresh, you know, fresh, it's fresh. really breaking. It's it's like <laughs> Very totally fresh. wiping the slate clean, take every, all the pieces off the chessboard and start again. And, mm. you know, owning a, quite a bit of Scorpio here, we do tend to delve around the depths and it's nice to have that antidote shot in the arm from Uranus in Taurus to go, you know what, you don't always have to be down there all the time. You can come up here. It's nice up here. It's pretty up here, you know. Hang out in the garden for a while. Stop digging in the caves. Yeah. And that's why we're such good friends, Leishy. I know. Our our Taurus Scorpio bits play off each other. (laughs) Your Mars in Taurus, my Mars in Scorpio. (laughs) Oh, my God. I just realised we all have fixed sign Mars. I I, I predicted digression coming on here now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, um, FYI, everybody, we have kind of been talking about doing some other things with the podcast, and so maybe we have to do a fixed Mars masterclass yes. as a part of our, our little things, so doing some are, specialist. Specialist topics. If there are any specialist topics that you want to hear about, let us know in the comments below yeah. in our WhatsApp chat, which you can imagine just goes constantly 24-7 <laughs> with the different time zones. <laughs> I think Cass, you actually like went and saw someone else last week, and I was like, it's really quiet on WhatsApp. The, the Gemini <laughs> rising is missing in action. She's MIA. Oh. You did have, you remember you had a guest for like an overnight oh, yeah. or something? Speaking of Uranus, I just had this like, oh, hi, I know somebody who's going to be in Brisbane who needs a bed. And so I hosted a Seattle net, well, not a native, but you know, yeah, I was MIA for like a whole 24 hours. I know. So I was like, I didn't know what to do. But um, normally <laughs> on our WhatsApp chat, <laughs> it was like, and then I was like, I remember, she alive? <laughs> I remember there was somebody in real life that you were hanging out with. I was doing Uranus and Taurus. I was being like really with somebody. <laughs> it was fantastic. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, yeah, it was wonderful. But we did have this Venus masterclass a couple of weeks ago on our WhatsApp chat where we were just diving into Venus. And we we're like, we really should have shared this. So, yeah, if there are any topics that other people want to have a look at, let us know. <laughs> um, so that's um, – so Mars – oh, yeah, because, Cass, you said – you know, fixed signs uh, can be slow to make changes. And I do think that's something that Uranus in Taurus is is helping. Look, I think fixed signs need a bit of extra time, but Uranus is like, come on, we need to get a wriggle on, or you might need to do it before you're ready, basically. Yeah, I mean, I think Uranus in Taurus is at least kind of starting to get those tectonic plates shifting, you know, um, yeah. if to use yeah. the earthquake analogy. And those plates within us, you know, if you think about how earthquakes are formed, that those plates will shift ever so slightly long before we get any kind of uh, activity on on Earth. On the and surface. so, yeah, you, if you start to feel those little inklings or those little intuitive sights, or recognize when you're turning a blind eye to something that you 
don't really want to be turning a blind eye. They're your clues to go, okay, this is, if I don't deal with this, this could be a real problem later. So, you know, I guess like you don't be that proverbial bull and just stay stuck in something that is really making you uncomfortable. And this sun Uranus transit is, there's your invite, go for it. Yeah. Shake things up, raise that middle finger. Right. (laughs) Break out of the cage. Yeah, I mean, I mean. <laughs> it's making me think of that song by Pink. Do you guys like Pink or is this just another Kelly? I love Pink. It, can we I agree on Pink. Pink or no? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think she's really cool. I'm not into the music, but I really like her. Okay, okay. Although See, there was one Alicia. album that was of course we really, love her. Yeah. <laughs> she has a there song was... called, um, well, I don't know what the song called. It's like the lines are, raise your glass if you are wrong in all the right ways or something. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. I've heard that song. Yeah. Mm. It just it's, it reminds me of being very Uranus. Not that being mm. wrong, like, but that idea of, like, if you're just different and, yeah. yeah. So you were going to say she had a great album or something, Cass? Yeah, I'm just trying to think, like, where my life was at at that time, maybe around 2006. I think she was having her Saturn return and she just put out this, like, gem of an album and I just can't think of what it is right now. But everybody Kel's, loved it even Kel's me it. well no, no even I'm, me i'm looking up those I lyrics just, i'm not dead i'm not dead that was the album and it was I'm amazing not dead. okay okay yeah if you were wrong it's it's a, yes okay yeah because the lyrics are so raise your glass if you were wrong in all the right ways all my underdogs we will never be never be anything but loud so yeah anyway and um, what was it the i'm not dead album that sounds like your album right there cass <laughs> Oh, I love it. Um, um, so speaking yeah, of dead, no, it's really good. Speaking of dead, we've got Halloween, Halloween. this week. Yeah. And yeah. Leash, you want to tell us about um, Mercury Retrograde, which is happening on Halloween, I think. Is that, um, I was I? going oh, to yeah, talk sorry, about that. Sorry, yeah. yeah. I'm so focused on Scorpio and you, Leash. I'm just like... <laughs> Cass. I can. You can. No, no, Cass, Cass has some good thoughts on this. I saw them on the internet already. Yeah, I just had this, like, moment of inspiration. I had a few people this week or last week when you watch the video um, just have these kind of, like, issues around the the Mercury retrograde shadow and they were relationship issues. And so I guess my point was that this retrograde cycle is kind of twofold. There's two things here. Firstly, the station retrograde happens exactly conjoined Venus, um, so there's mm. that sort of Venusian quality too. And also Mar- all the Scorpio stuff is looking to Mars in Libra um, as these planets yeah. go through Scorpio. So mm-hmm. there is the relationship component there. Um, I've had a few people uh, contact me. They've had someone from their past, an ex, come back into their life. Um, you know, people messaging out of the blue that they thought was kind of done and dusted, just these type of uh, typical retrograde things. And so I think, um, you know, every retrograde is created a little differently. Um, I don't think they're all just the same, even though I did have a um, message from my bank yesterday, you know, saying there was an unauthorised login. I think it was just a spam thing. So those kind of crazy things are happening as well. But this Mercury Venus, you know, with Scorpio being the the key uh, sign involved, the Mercury retrograde, all the rethinks, the redos, the communication stuff is really how we connecting in relationships, how we communicating our 
core desires, the core intimacy stuff, the vulnerability, you know, what are we sharing? What are we holding back? And, you know, there's this kind of like, you know, I love the topic of aversion and, you know, Mars and Libra can't see Scorpio. Mm. So it's like, what are the things are we like, the blind spots or the things that we're turning away from? Where are we just turning a blind eye or keeping the peace when really we were like, no, like let's just drill down on this and let's like sort it out and nut it out. So I think for a lot of people, the Venus, you know, there's a Venusian component to this Mercury retrograde. Um, So it's huge uh, relationship key issues uh, around, you know, not just how's your day, dear, but like really connecting, really uh. talking, that really Scorpio, soulful, really like warts and all, this is who I am. I want to be really connected to you in the most really raw and passionate way. But you've got to sort of open your soul to do that. I, I heard something and I shared it on Twitter and it's gone a little bit crazy. Um, it's your Scorpio season, and I've related it to Scorpio season. I was listening to some random podcast and they said, show your scars but not Mm. your wounds. Mm. And I think that's very poignant. Like for that connection, you have to be really, I'll show you your scar, I'll show you my scars if you show me yours kind of thing. Yeah. But showing wounds is a bit messy, you know, and it depends on the situation and depends on the relationship, of course, but. I think this is these are the sort of themes that are just permeating the things I'm noticing on the internet mm. as Mercury is slowing right down. And Mercury is applying to Venus under this sort of configuration. So, um, you know, Mercury is slowing right down and Venus is catching up. So it's almost like Venus wants to, here, let me help you deal with all this hurt or let mm. me help you mm. with all this pain. Let me be that sort of maybe that balm or... Uh, that branch that that sort of kind of connects us. So yeah, I could go on that for a really long time. I know, but that's that's really interesting, Cass, isn't it? That Venus is actually applying to Mercury because normally it would be the other way around. Yeah, Mercury is yeah. so slow. He's basically like a dead in the water kind of boat this week. He's not. Mm. Uh, he technically goes retrograde on Thursday the thirty first. If you're in Canada and the states, and that'll be November first. If you're in Australia. But he's just so slow, and then Venus, mm. yeah, like swooping in with, with something, with with a balm or a hug or a something soothing, right? Even though it is Venus in Scorpio, maybe like a, a princess in shining armor or something. A princess. Like that. <laughs> but I mean, yes. I, if my if memory more like if a my warrior memories, queen, yeah, yeah totally, yeah, a, a bit of a, a Xena, you Zena, know, Venus yeah. in Scorpio, <laughs> and I loved her in Spartacus too. Um, but if my memory serves me correctly, didn't this happen in late Virgo in September? It was the other way around. It was it was Mercury applying to Venus and taking her across from uh, exactly, Leo into yeah. Virgo. Uh, yeah, I was talking about that with um, Mel LaFara on the Energetic Principles oh, um, yeah. podcast. Fantastic. Yeah. From Virgo yeah. into Libra in mid-September? Yeah, I think it happened yeah, at like sorry, maybe. Yeah, sorry, Virgo into Libra. Yep. Yeah. It was 29 degrees of, of Yeah, that was just a handover Ver- takeover of, of rulerships there too. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so there might be, yeah, a little bit of a theme repetition there potentially. Yeah, it is a really interesting thing, the Mercury-Venus, the coming together of one moving slow and the other catching up and then Mercury going to go backwards. Like it's also like a handing over because they catch up and then they're going to go in different directions because Mercury will then Mm. come backwards from that point 
whereas Venus will go on to other things. So almost like an opportunity to cross paths with someone or to exchange something with someone Wednesday, Thursday that is like a one-time chance, if that makes sense. Yeah, and FYI, that all happens at 27 degrees Scorpio. So, you know, if that's somewhere near a planet or an angle in your chart, Bit of a um, it's height one to watch for. Mm, this yeah, week. for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, what do you girls? What do you think about all that? Please, do you have anything to throw in? Given yeah, you know a bit I more was... about Scorpio. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was actually thinking of a Rumi poem when I was looking at this that I really love, oh. and I uh, not Rumi, sorry, Khalil Gibran, and uh, it's his one on beauty, and it says. Where shall you seek beauty and how shall you find her unless she herself be your way and your guide? And how shall you speak of her except she be the weaver of your speech? And the whole of this poem is really about how beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And it's like, okay, so where am I standing and and what do I need? And it's almost like that point where we can speak out deeply about what is valuable to us or what's beautiful to us or what's important to us. And I love what you're saying, Cass, about how it does relate to relationships and bringing that theme in because there is that whole thing between them of, you know, they've travelled together pretty much since the end of Virgo, quite closely through Libra and now into Scorpio. And, you know, it's like we're really being able to speak our words of love and and open up and share. And with this happening in Scorpio, it's like, I don't know, like what you were saying is I'll show you my scars and not my wounds. I'm not sure that I agree with that 100% because I think to be in a close and intimate relationship, you actually need to share where your wounds are so the other person knows where to take care and where to nurture and where to be compassionate um, and where to help and where where possible harm can come from. And so, you know, often in that intimate space, there is that vulnerability, you know, and and Brené Brown, who's one of my favourite Scorpios, talks about this all the time. It's like there needs to be vulnerability for, for deep connection to happen. And so I guess it's speaking those words, like being open to share the scars and the wounds and, and all mm. of it, you know, the whole rawness of everything, you know. Um, Scorpio is happy to get in and get messy and deal with pus and blood and all that kind of stuff. And <laughs> Maybe so. it sounds that and stuff, Cass, because I'm like, yeah, keep the, like, the wound to yourself, but I want to see the scar. <laughs> It's like, yeah, it's my liberal bits going, ooh. But, you know, I'm happy to watch, you know, watch the blood and guts on TV though. But, no, seriously, I think, um, you know, it depends on the nature of the relationship. You know what I mean? Yeah, like if you're starting to yeah. date somebody, like I don't want your mother issues straight off the bat. Um, no. <laughs> but or on the internet is probably not maybe the most uh, appropriate place to share the, the wound. Um, but, you know, if you've healed and then you're, you know, as much as you can be, then you're in that that real place of of being able to heal others. But when you're still, you know, uh, reeling or oozing the pain, then you're kind of like in a different state. So I think that's kind of, I totally agree with you, but, you know, when you're already got that connection and got that intimacy and Absolutely. got that, that commitment, yep. then, yeah, that's what they're there for is to, you know, help you like... Uh, dress the wounds, so to speak. But, um, yeah, I think that's part of the Scorpio thing too is like 
who do I trust in in showing yep. showing these parts of myself too? Yeah, who and can a Scorpio I feel safe who is with? trusted, yeah. a Scorpio who's trustworthy will show up all the time. Like this is loyalty, this is perseverance, this is sticking with it through thick and thin. But as you say, Cass, there has to be that connection first, that level of trust and loyalty first before any of it will happen. Yeah, and that reminds me of the throwback to your Jodie Foster quote, show up and stand beside them or something along those lines. Yeah, something like love means being there or I was just thinking about that. Um, Of course, now I have to go and find it. Um, I was also thinking about um, Khalil Gibran's poetry, Lise, which I love as well. Mm. Um, And he has a beautiful piece on joy and sorrow where he talks about Mm. joy being your sorrow unmasked. And, yeah. and then he sort of goes on to say that the deeper that sorrow carves into your being, the more joy you can contain. And that's sort of light, dark, you know, the higher you want to go, the more lightness you want to bring in, the more aware of your darkness or your pain you have to be. That interplay feels very much in this Venus, Mercury, Scorpio. It's First of all, it's unusual to have Venus and Mercury in Scorpio together at the same degree to start with. Um, you know, they're both in Scorpio every year, but they're not always in Scorpio at the same time. And then to have this very special, one of them stationing um, fairly bright in the sky and then the other one coming Coming along. There is a real poignancy and a potency to what can be expressed or what can be shared um, with this particular combination. Yeah. I think we'll it's probably almost... uh, get some, you know, really deep musical uh, insights around this aspect too, because I know myself, like if I go back to certain albums, that's like my barometer of my emotional state. <laughs> so you might kind of notice you get back into maybe some more scorpionic themed music with Venus there. Um, and it reminds me, I like it. So I, you know, and getting into the Scorpio theme of things, I saw this, uh, thing just was on Facebook and a couple of years ago, a young kid in a press conference asked the lead singer of Metallica, um, something about like that, why he shares the sort of stuff that he shares in some of the music and, you know, all the rehab and all that. And he says, if I can share my darkness and it can touch your darkness, it makes it okay. Yeah. And I just thought that was really powerful around vulnerability and honesty and sharing. So, you know, we could go on about this. Like, I know. I'm like, we, I'm like, do we just make <laughs> this, this the rest of the episode or what? It is, yeah, it's, speaking of masterclasses. Oh, no, no, so, because we have to end on the joy of the On week. the happy note. Yeah, just <laughs> on a, a very quick personal audition there. I recently wrote and spoke about um, for the first time how my mum died when I was a child mm. um, and I gave this, <laughs> just decided to do it in the most public forum I've ever had. But um, And the, I've now written a little bit about it on the blog. But it was amazing the feedback that I had from people from, you know, the whole speech, if you if you get it off my website and listen to it, it goes into, you know, just my experiences with my mum dying and how that changed the family dynamic and then how that sort of shaped me as I've gotten older and, and how it really informs the relationship that I have with my siblings. And... Uh, sharing that because I I would definitely be more of a he's my scar like I've you know this wound has sort of grown over I I would not be a show the wound person um that people's response to that because it does sort of say 
you know, oh, you've had pain, so you will now understand that my piece yeah. of pain, even if the pain you've had is not the exact same pain that I've had, when you've had grief, we've had loss, knowing that other people have been through something equally difficult, that dark night of the soul, there is a like a bonding component in terms of we've been in these trenches together kind of thing. Oh, my God, and now it's reminding me of totally. something from The West Wing. Do you guys ever watch <laughs> The West Wing? No, I remember the old years. I remember the old days in old Sydney town yeah. walking into Kelly's apartment with the laptop up on the coffee table getting a West, a wing, West fix. wing fix. So there's a scene <laughs> where one character is dealing with some post-traumatic stress and there's a sort of an alcohol component to it. And another character, the character being Leo McGarry, who's a recovering, who's in, he's in AA, a recovering alcoholic. And he tells this joke, which is about, you know, there's a guy in a hole one day and, you know, a priest works along and drops down a prayer and that doesn't help the guy get out of the hole. And then, I don't know, a policeman walks along and drops down a ladder, but that doesn't work and the guy still can't get out. And then a friend walks along and jumps in the hole with the other guy. And the one who was in the hole originally is like, what have you done? Now we're both stuck down here. And the friend who's jumped in says, but I've been here before and I can show you the way out. Mm. And it's just beautiful. so beautiful. Like as me goosebumps yeah. now, probably because partly that's how I feel about you gals, um, is, mm. you know, that that's what. We're not going to cry on a podcast. I know. Okay. okay? okay. So now we'll talk about the happy stuff. <laughs> oh, is it Scorpio <laughs> season or what? <laughs> it's Venus, Mercury and Scorpio, like our sisters and our friends. Anyway. Okay. So shall we end on a better note? What, what are we going to say here? Oh, I'm going to say something. It's you. <laughs> Um, How quickly can you switch from Scorpio to Sag, okay, darling? So on <laughs> Friday, change. so basically October, and then we get to November, and the, the skies are a little bit different because on November first, Venus finishes up her deep dive in the hole. She's found the way out, and she's now moving into Sagittarius. And actually, this is the second of two very golden periods that we're mm. having in 2019. Both benefics, yep. Venus and Jupiter, in the same sign. That is going to be a big theme that we run through uh, for most of November. So a lot more excitement, a lot more hope, a lot more forward-looking and a lot more forward movement. Um, what are you guys excited uh, about Venus and Sag? All those things, all really, those things. I just think. <laughs> so you want to get out I of just... that hole after we've all been in there? Yeah, well, it's like, you know, it's like we were talking about on the WhatsApp chat. Jupiter in Sag has been amazing and it's been fantastic and it, it's great to kind of get the wind up that with with Venus on his side. You know, this yes. last month, it's like it's such a, it could have been, you know, it could have been Saturn or it could have been Mars, but it ain't, it's Venus. So it's like this golden energy. It's almost like the queen joins the king for this big banquet at the end of, you know, a, a big party or something. I don't know. Yes. But, you know, it's like, it's just, it's this sweetness and nobility and this confidence. And I think for anyone who's just trying to get the last squeeze of juice out of whatever Jupiter and Sag project they've been working on, you know, this is really a chance to do that and to speak lovely words to people and be able to connect with people. And I think I've got... <laughs> there you go, the joy. Oh my God, that is so perfect. 
perfect because childlike joy is like very and speaking sad. of the sad hello yes. meet my Sagittarian off you go bye bye <laughs> beautiful I think that's yes. so perfect that enthusiasm yes. right yes absolutely just the inspiration so yeah totally Cass any thoughts on Venus in uh yeah totally like I think you know 2019 hasn't exactly been uh the most and this is speaking of joy (laughs) yeah she walks into the room when Leisha's little boy (laughs) did I mean I think this is a a lovely uh I guess icing or frosting for uh our US friends uh nice frosting (laughs) on the cake Beautiful, it's, it's, it's like the family episode. Yes. So here's the Scorpio, and there's the Sag. Can you please go, darling? I'm recording. Bye. Love you, Lily. <laughs> um, yeah. So, okay. Uh, yeah. So as I was saying, you know, this hasn't been like you know a peace, love, and brown rice year for most people. Uh, it's been, had its challenges and things like that. So perhaps the exuberance or the abundance that was suggested in January when these two planets first connected, yes, um, maybe you weren't ready for that or, you know, it, the, the situation wasn't right. So now we've done the cleansing, we've done the Marie condoing, oh, We've we, done all we, the shedding. <laughs> it's like, okay, I'm ready for a second chance of some real good stuff yeah. that perhaps I thought I was ready before, but, you know, whatever was taken from you in January, um, there's almost like a second chance around, I think, um, or whatever was lost or didn't work out, you know, it's a second chance of the apple or second bite of the apple, I think, with yes. this, uh, this, this second conjunction, which doesn't happen till the end of November or the 24th, but, it, you know, the month of November is flavoured by this energy. So it is nice to kind of perhaps bookend this year with these two really joyous connections. Yeah. So you might find there's a bit of an overlay of theme around uh, the experience of January with the experience of November. Yes. Oh, my God, so much so. Mm. Um, yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to it. And, in fact, the online course that I'll be teaching in November is totally inspired by this double goodness energy. Um, oh, good. Yeah, it's going to be called Benefits and Blessings, and it's basically Ooh. a three-week training on how to find the joy, the happiness, the pathways to kind of satisfaction and contentment in your chart. So I've just done, nice. I've just finished teaching a class on how to counsel people about challenging aspects. So we thought we'd do yeah. sort of the counterpoint, which is where is all the good stuff in the birth chart. Uh, so anyway, we'll put a link to that in the show notes. Um that was me being a little bit premature because I'm just so excited about this Venus-Jupiter doubleheader. It's so good. Me too. Uh, yeah. Any thoughts yeah. on that leash from you at all? I think I think I was kind of I know you were like, mid-flow. oh, my God, I just had my joy <laughs> physically manifest in the room. <laughs> Quite literally. Um, yeah, no, I think I just, whatever I was saying before, it was just... Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. Sorry, I've been taken off no, track a bit. Totally, but, um, totally. That's I, this is real life. Uh, Mum's working, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. So, so uh, I guess that segues yeah. us into the end of the episode, yeah. really, because we're getting to that point. We're um, what are you guys over time because we talked about too much Moon in Scorpio poetry, or Venus in Scorpio poetry. Um, yeah, what do you guys have, have you... going on? Do you want to talk? Well, I'm actually away. Okay, you go okay. first. <laughs> 
Go. I'm away. I'm away. I'm really, I'm Lisa's going on, on holidays, holidays. Yeah. which hasn't happened in 18 months. So I'm so excited. It's going to be surfing. It's going to be sand. It's going to be camping with the family. So, um, so your but, Venus and Sagging right out of here. Yeah. I totally Getting on am. a horse and getting out. Going. Yep. Nice. Yep. So I am, however, if anyone wants to check out more on Scorpio season, I was a guest on Mel LaFara's Energetic principles podcast this week. So please go on and listen to that and have more of a hear of us steeped. She's a Scorpio rising. So we had a cool conversation, all things Scorpio. Excellent. Cool. Cass? I've got my layering techniques, our four week training starting on Halloween here in Australia and uh, Wednesday evening uh, in the US. So that's just a uh, how to combine all these predictive techniques that we know and build confidence and streamline your systems in uh, client work. Excellent. And of course, I think Thursday, Halloween, October 31st is the last day to sign up at the early bird rate for our Water Trio event. So if you are interested in coming, you can save a little bit of cash by signing up this week. Otherwise, that's it from us, everyone. Let us know all of your thoughts about this week's episode in the comments below, and we'll be back very soon with another episode for you. Bye. Thanks, See everyone. you later. Bye. Bye.